Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Gym Owners Podcast. I'm your host with a voice, Tyler Stone. Over there, your co- my co-host without a voice today is John Fairbanks. Say hi, John. Hi. <laughs> I'm going to speak for John on this one since it's too long of a story for him to struggle through. But John's been coaching youth football and baseball and everything at the same time this summer. So uh, this has been, as a person who grew up with around basketball coaches, about springtime, your about February or March when your your father's a basketball dad, uh, all these guys they talk like this. They're just dead from screaming in practice. You're screaming in practice. You're screaming in games. You're mm-hmm. screaming at your kids at home. It's never ending. So the voice is gone. John will be contributing to this episode, but if it sounds a little strange, just prom- I promise you guys, his voice is normally more charming than it's going to be today. <laughs> the good news is we got the memo that we were both going to go sleeveless on this episode, which I don't think real- either of us have done to the date. No, I've actually never gone sleeveless on a podcast. I don't think I was just in a hurry today and had to run a bunch of errands, run the kid, the soccer. So uh, it's, we got hot their, as hell. They're, it's hot as hell. And they're putting a sinkhole back together in front of my house. So we had to delay this whole thing until just now. So we are all set guys. We're ready to go. I hope you guys enjoyed last week's episode featuring Hunter Wooten from Hunter's garage gym up in Alaska. Um, Hunter is one of the great success stories from people we've been working with for a long time. And he dropped some really incredible bombs in that thing for somebody who these were a lot of the things he was talking about aren't things that he's been doing forever. So to hear him come to all these things via his, his own process and his own understanding and realizing these, what we describe as like a universal truth about business and marketing and coaching and fitness and human beings and all that stuff. I think uh, it was to be honest, it was one of the proudest I've ever been in this line of work. You know what I mean? Like even as a friend, you know, I've known yeah. Hunter since he started coaching. I met Hunter the very first time at one of the seminars we did in St. Louis uh, back with StrongFit. And uh, geez, he was, was he 19, 20 Probably. years old, maybe something like that. Maybe, yeah. I think he was 20 or 21. And his wife had surprised him because he was a big fan of StrongFit and the stuff they were doing. Surprised him with the week of the seminar and coaches week like for his birthday. He didn't even know it was awesome. happening. She had saved money. And so Hunter flew down and it was, you know, someone fully immersed there, ready to learn, wanting to be good at coaching, wanting to be great at coaching. He's come and visited us uh, for strong fit events overseas in Europe. He spent a month with us up there training up there as well as some, I think some of our other short-term things. And so uh, props to Hunter, check out at Hunter's Garage Gym on Instagram. They've been doing really good stuff. It's I want you to emulate his process, not his content. And that's the thing we're going to get into today. Um, the coolest the, thing yeah. I wanted just as we're talking about Hunter is watching him take the same approach for his passion for coaching and now seeing him directly take that same energy and passion and now applying it to his business. That's yeah. what's really, really cool. Yeah. And one of the things that he talked about was identifying the bottleneck in your business. Now, that can be a lot of things. It can be a lot of things in a lot of different ways, but that's a a very fractal way of looking at it is at every point. What's the bottleneck on your time first for you as a gym owner? Like, are you spending too much time coaching? That's where your time's getting bottlenecked. How can you get out of that? Because maybe that's the thing you need to figure out how to coach less and do more. Or maybe you want to be coaching that much, but you're not getting enough of these other stuff done. Then maybe you need to hire or put more resources towards admin stuff, marketing, social media, whatever, but you can't just leave these things undone. I really like that you dropped 
this as a specific poll question into our gym revolution group online. Yeah. It was really telling. Like we got a lot of interactions in the group. So everybody that's in the group, thank you for giving us responses. But my hope is it was eye-opening for everybody to see, oh man, as a There's gym a owner, I'm doing a lot of fucking stuff, man. Yeah. Yeah. And so that was the piece that one for Hunter, it's not just your tasks, right? That's the thing. Your workload, identifying your bottleneck is one thing. It's not quite what he meant when he was talking about it. it really is what is the thing that you need to improve now? It's almost what is your business's weakness right now? Yeah. What is what is holding you back? And there is a measure of triage to this where you have to pick the most relevant thing that you can do right now, right? And for him, he said it, we thought it was coaching. He said, well, it wasn't coaching because he knows the people he's coaching are getting good results. What am I going to do? Put more time into that than I already am? That's not a very viable plan. It's not very – it's like if you're already – you know, great at shooting three pointers, but you can't dribble the ball, catch the ball, walk or run. And you're 400 pounds. Well, you got some other things to sort out before you're going to make it to the NBA and that three point shot ain't it. And Hunter did a great job of running through that. Then he just realized, all right, well, he had identified, fixed his, fixed his offer. He had got his sales process kind of figured out. He got a process that now he could practice that he knew at least was tried and true a little bit. Right. And something that he could tune up. And then now what was it? Well, I got to get experience. I got to get reps, right? Just like if one of your clients wants to get better at bench pressing. Well, if they don't ever do any research or effort or practice with bench pressing, well, how the fuck are they going to get any better? And I always want like tying these things into because to fitness analogies, because it really is the same thing. It's we're trying to get better at something. We need to put resources. We need to put energy. We need to put thought, learning, effort, practice, reps, all of it into it. So, one of the things that I uh, want to get into is let's cover this from an athlete standpoint first, right? If you're an athlete, anytime, when I work with athletes that have a specific goal, one of the first things that I want to, that I want to have them do is self-identify some of your, your three biggest weaknesses that you know need to get improved. Because I see guys, so many athletes in combat sports, in regular sports, in strength sports, in team sports, they have weaknesses. They, sh- they know what they are, and yet they mm-hmm. never really look them in the face and say, I'm going to make this better. And I can tell you, the ones that are great or the ones that do well all do this. They go, fuck, I am bad at this. I'm going to get better at this because this yeah. is the hole in my game. And I don't see that with gym owners. It's very, very frustrating. Gym owners that can't sell are terrified of selling, and they just go, well, fuck, I guess I'm just going to be poor. Well, I guess or you they- can settle that but, that, but that, but that's not a plan for progress. So if you want things to be better, doing nothing about it sure isn't a part of that plan. And I think you have to be pretty advanced, honestly, to step back and say, well, I guess I'm just going to be poor. I yeah. think, I think it ends up being something even more dangerous. I think it ends up being subconsciously because you know, or you feel like you're not very good at sales or it's uncomfortable or how you've seen it done in the past has been so poorly executed that subconsciously you're just avoiding it. Yeah. It's and with that avoidance leaves you staying very busy, being busy, doing other things. And then as the, the room floor. is on fire around <laughs> you, yeah. you're like, well, it obviously is because of this, this, and this, like you're not even consciously realizing, oh, like 
I text, I messaged you the other day. Me and my boys were at the CrossFit gym. They're mm-hmm. doing the CrossFit kids stuff, and I'm listening to some diehard CrossFit athletes that are talking about how they're just shoulders so pissed when they do muscle ups or do kipping pull ups. Yeah, they said pull ups. Yeah, it was like oh, like, you know, kipping pull ups is just. It's like, well, does it hurt you any other time? Well, no, just the kipping. He's like, oh, that's so weird. I don't wonder why that is. And like, that was as far as we went. Yeah. And it, and so that's, I think that's a really good example of exactly what you're talking about. It's a straight avoidance. And then if yeah. you take it the next step, then you are applying the wrong reason. Yeah. And now we're well, down and, a, a problem. And pretending that it's not a problem is insane when it's in the way of you getting to where you want. So it's for a person like that, if you're not progressing, you're not able to make progress in your lifts, you're not able to get fitter, you're not able to perform better in competitions because your shoulder hurts when you do kipping pull-ups and you're just going to go, oh, shit, I guess that's just, you know, whatever. Like that person is dead in the water. That system is no longer going to progress. And this is a thing when I talk about having athletes self-identify what their issues are. It's the thing that I do in sport. It's the thing that people are good at it, do it because they, people that are naturally good athletes, the truth is a lot of the times they just expect better themselves all the time, which means as soon, and John, you've seen it, you've played sports at a very high level. You played division one football, won some national championships. I did none of those things, but I got pretty big and strong and I tend to be a fast learner when it comes to athletics. Sure. And I've been around a lot of really high performing athletes. The thing that all of us have in common is that when I start to do something and I'm not good at it, I get really upset about it. I don't like it. And to the point where I don't go, oh, shit, fuck this, right? My response is, I got to get better at this. This is it. Because I'm done, you know, the first time I got into fitness after I kind of let my health slide in my early 30s, the first time I went in, I was just, I was furious because I was getting smoked by people that are, frankly, much less athletically talented than me. I'm being honest. I was like, no, 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 no. That's not what we're doing. So what did I do that? I go, well, I guess I just should be better. And I just keep doing. No, I went, I suck at this. I'm gonna get better at this. And every step of the way, every one of those things, you put in the effort to improve that piece. You have to zoom in. I've talked about this many times, spinning plates, right? You see those circus performers are spinning 15 plates on sticks, right? But they don't get to go throw one. You have to put momentum on one, get it really, really, really zooming. And then that one's going to be okay for a little bit. Then you have to, which one is about to fall? Then that's where you go. Um, it's the thing we talk about in everything we do with progressing athletes too, is that the whole system needs to advance. What piece of the system is pre- preventing it from reaching critical mass and moving up to the next level? And that is super important. So with athletes trying to identi- self-identify this, this is the key to getting better. I see this all the time in combat sports athletes especially with me dabbling this for about the last year is it is crazy. The people who get to a certain point and then all they do is they just come in and do the same stuff they've always been doing. There's an, I can count their 10 weaknesses that are frankly, they're getting worse at. You can appoint It's very easy to write down via a checklist. Like you suck at this, 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 these are the things that are holding you back. And then not just that. Then there are very specifically drills and development strategies and training that can be done with each thing to improve it, right? If your footwork sucks, if your jab defense sucks, if your, you know, takedown defense is terrible, like there's a, there's a lot of, if your conditioning is bad, if you're just simply too heavy and carrying around too much body, all those things are a part of the big picture. Okay, let's pick three of those and let's put our training efforts towards that instead of coming in and 
hitting the bag hard and feeling like a tough guy and showing up late for practice because we're pros and we don't have to worry about warm-ups and just 15 <laughs> minutes later still wrapping our fucking hands. And it's like, well, if you're out there doing these f- fundamental drills, you'd be doing much better. Right. One of the great people that I've seen as I start to look into this boxing and MMA stuff is Coach Barry Robinson on uh, Instagram. It's Coach Barry Robinson, all one name. And his thing is that – the, in all other sports like basketball, what do you see the pros doing? What do you see Steph Curry doing? What do you what did you what did you see Kobe Bryant doing all the time in the gym? They're doing the basic stuff. They are literally doing dribble, 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 dribble. They're doing left, right, left, right, left, right. They're doing the same stuff at a higher level, more frequently and better than third, fourth, fifth graders. They're doing those same drills and getting better. They're not coming in practicing spinning around fall over shit you're able to make those shots because you're always able to develop your base and come back to your base consistently because you repped it a bazillion times. Right. And that's the thing, but kids see a trick shot in a game. And now what you see is kids practicing fadeaways when they can't even get their fucking feet under them to shoot. Mm -hmm. And now you have a child who can get good at that thing until they can't get any better at that thing. And then they peaked athletically. You're fucked. Game over. Progression stopped. And that's a piece I see all the time in combat sports is we see people come in and they just kind of think that they're good, tough guys and they just do big, good, tough guy shit. And they're never willing to do the things that I do in this time. I go in three hours, three hours a week, separate hours. And I do 10 to 15 rounds of stepping left, stepping back, stepping right, stepping back. I, I step right twice and back for fucking 10 minutes straight per near around a circle. Do the same thing to the left. Then I go left and then switch stances and move left and then back and forth. Then I go right and switch stances. Then I go right, switch stances, and then come left. And then you introduce one strike so that at any given moment, at any given time, I can strike and I can move left, I can move right, or I can move back. That stuff needs to be hardwired in you. It needs to be your operating system. And otherwise, I'd come in and kick hard and punch hard and do cool guy shit all the time. But if I don't have 10,000 hours doing that, when the shit starts hitting the fan, I'm off balance. Now I'm in a position I'm not drilled. And I'm not super comfortable to be able to automatically draw on my training. And that is a piece where I have identified this. And now you do that work. That is the development work. And Coach Barry Robinson on Instagram, if you like pattern recognition and coaching and business and all this stuff, he nails it. But that is the thing. What is your development program? Like we talked about with the kids, being a fan of something is really, really holding you back. Watching a sport as a fan is just killing you. Whereas you can really study what these pros are doing, what they're doing in the training, what they, the skills that they have, and then what you need to do to fill in the gaps for that stuff, as opposed to, if you want to be an athlete, yeah, let me do a windmill dunk. Right. And, and that piece applies to your business. The same things that I implore all, every athlete that I work with, you know, what are the three things that are holding you back right now? They're your, it's you, it's your skills. What are they? And in a lot of businesses, it's, you know, I feel like our social media is just a drift or I'm just doing it for nothing or I'm throwing money at it. Maybe it's leads. Maybe it's your sales process. Maybe your coaching does suck. For some, it's organization and fulfillment. You may be underwater right now. You may have so many clients, like more than you can manage. And so you're just mm-hmm. upside down on time. And what are you going to do about that? How are you going to better manage? Maybe, maybe it's time management. Maybe it's delegation. Maybe it's processes. Maybe it's, all of these things, but what you can do right now, what is, how are you going to develop this? What is, I say it all the time, what's your fucking plan? Right. So your plan is, let's just pretend you have a big issue with time management. You're just wasting a bunch of time. You're doing a bunch of unimportant stuff. Okay. Let's come up with a plan. 
right. Let's start. One of the things we always start with, right, is a what do we call it, John? The um, time audit. Time, time audit. Yeah. Do imagine if you worked for somebody else. If you worked for somebody else, you're going to have to log every hour. If you're a policeman, if you're a technician, you're going to have to log every hour and what you were doing for every hour at least. And that's even zoomed out. It may be every 15 to 30 minutes you'll have to track. But do that for one week and right. let's see where your time is. And you're going to go, oh, man, I, I am doing a lot of stuff here that is not worth my time. Or take the money that you need or the money you want to be paying. Be like, Realize that a lot of that stuff you're doing, you could hire anybody for almost no money to do that stuff. So get yourself then, but now you have a plan. How do I get myself out of this? These are actionable tasks that doesn't even require a skill unless you're fucking lazy and spend most of your fucking time on Instagram, just scrolling Instagram and Facebook, just popping on stories over and over and over and over again. Like a lot of the coaches I see on my feed, I don't know when y'all work, but some of you work a lot less than you seem to lead on. And so you're not as busy as you think you are. And one of the things you and I teach inside of the gear Academy is how to surgically create the action plan once you have that data, that information, because that was the key for me, right? Our coach was like, guys, you need to be doing a time audit at least once a year where you are for a week auditing every 15 minutes. That is the most miserable fucking week on the planet of having a timer that goes off every 15 minutes in your ear and you're writing down a recording, where am I? But man, the value we got of being able to say, what was our yearly, quarterly, monthly, weekly, daily, being able to get that surgical has allowed us to, man, 10X what we were going to be, at least just our brain of what we knew we wanted to do. And then the time that you have also that's free time is better use. You know what I mean? Like you can actually have free time too. It's not just about taking this time and stuffing it into your business. It's instead of grabbing fucking 10 random minutes of free time every half hour because it's in between some inefficient shit you're doing all day long, you know how much that costs you? Like it's kind of ends up becoming pretty costly. You just kind of fuck off a lot when you can just be more busy, more focused, and then really check out. Like my days are really nice now. I coach, we do these things, we do, but it's efficient. And then I get to train and my, my days now are productive, very effective. And I also have pretty good, pretty good, a pretty good grasp on my own time throughout the day to day. So that's just on time. Right. Right. There was one thing that I heard recently on this topic, which was the idea where someone goes, but what about that work-life balance? We got to have balance. What about that work-life balance that exists? And the guy that gave the response, I kind of liked, Breeze goes, well, it's funny. He goes, when you think about balance, you're talking about equal on both sides and keeping things equal so you're in an equal playing field. He goes, but I really don't look at work and life being equal as far as a balance. He goes, it comes down to priority. And when, what is priority when? So for me, I know family time is one of those things for me, which is a sacred time. So it gets prioritized at a certain time of my day. But I will tell you what, if family time starts to creep in when work And certain tasks are supposed to be priority. It's like, no, no, no. The family time, you got your time. It's in four hours from now. 
We've built this that now system. and that's it. So I yeah. think it's, it's understanding, just like you said, when it comes down to time is really start to make a priority, but you got to know what you need to be prioritizing and what's yeah. a total fucking waste of time right now. So let's go in one other direction, right? The one thing we always talk about a lot, what if your coaching isn't great? Or what if you're new to coaching? Or what if you have some staff who just needs to be coached up? Also, you have staff, you have coaches who need to be better coaches. Is it better for you to work with them for three hours a day, every day, having them shadow stuff or not being profitable? Or are you better to farm that out? In my opinion, find someone you trust, people you learn from, and just plug them into a program and empower them to do this. This is, that's, you want to get better at coaching, pay somebody to teach you how to coach. But that is one piece, right? Again, like like, like our 400-pound three-point shooter. You know, like he doesn't need to worry about the three-point shot, but he's got to lose some weight. In that process, there's going to be more things than just putting down the fork. So there's a lot of things that they can be doing other than just losing weight during that time. And so for you and your business, yes, you have coaches. All right, what's the, what's the solution? Are you just going to spend more time with them forever? Or maybe you are. Maybe you're going to coach them up yourself. And that's, by the way, it's viable. If you don't have money, you have someone who's ambitious, maybe you're not spending a ton of money on them and you want to bring them up to speed on coaching stuff you know, how to be a good coach, then you need to start setting performance goals. And that's another thing that we've talked about is either data or constantly checking in to hold them accountable to their own progress, which means meeting with them, identifying their weaknesses as coaches, coaching them through some of those things each time, allowing them then to coach somebody else on it or to prove that they've become, what's the word, prove their comprehension now of the subject. And then you can turn them loose on that stuff. And that way, every single week, this coach, instead of just you dealing with them constantly and hoping they get better, they have a real development program. They have a real plan to getting them better. They actually have the ability to get better. Instead of you just sitting there going, man, I sure sure wish this guy was sharpening up a little bit. Having managed human beings in different industries, this drives me more crazy than anything else. Because I got training and coaching on how to work with people and manage people that helped me escalate my ability to manage humans quickly. And when I watch people just be like, I don't know why colleague one or teacher one or coach one just isn't doing it the way I want them to do it. Because the very first question I ask is, well, did you tell him? Yeah. Oh, well, no, this is something that just like, he just needs to know. I'm like, fuck that. You have to tell people. We There is a misunderstanding. There's a lot of folks in this world that are just going to be teachers for 35 years. And they're going to love teaching fourth grade. And that's what they do. They're not going to have aspirations to do anything else. Their wheelhouse is right there. There's some people that are going to be coaches and that's what they're going to do their whole life. If you're a gym owner, you don't fully connect with that. You had a calling, an itch that caused you to go up, which means you were probably doing a couple things extra. You just knew intuitively or you had coaching to assume that your coaches or the people that you work with have that same itch or that same calling, that intuitiveness to just do the right thing, quote unquote, is 
you are fucking them. You're screwing yeah. them over. When you could seen, be getting them coached up. We have seen a lot of this stuff where we don't hold them accountable to their coaching or when you have coaches that you need to do other things that they don't do them because that's not what they want to be doing. And by the way, maybe they could pick up on them, but you didn't really define what the work was. You didn't define some metrics and some measurable stuff to hold them accountable to their performance or even the effort that they need to put into it. And you just let them go off. You say, here's what I'd like you to maybe kind of do. And then you just turn them loose. It is a thing in human nature that we will always find the most comfortable path. It's true. This is how society is defined. There's a reason that we don't go out and I don't, wait till I'm hungry and then go out and try to kill and farm something and eat it. It doesn't right. work that way. Cause that's just not eventually it's going to be more efficient. If tell you what, let's just get a few guys together. Let's go kill enough food for six months. Let's fucking do the whole thing. Now we have all this stuff. We, I talk to this with people about nutrition all the time. It's like, Hey, we're always going to find like the easiest, most efficient way. Like comfort, is the thing comfort is what human nature is is trying to find more comfort that's how we built houses and air conditioning and heat and cars and all this stuff it's a great driver for innovation but it also can stifle your ability to really be truly ambitious in the moment and when it comes to managing employees you need to understand that 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 human nature is they're going to get away with whatever they can get away with and trust me they will if they work for eight hours a day and they realize that they can get all their work done in seven but they still need to be getting paid for eight that's what they're going to do. What if they figure out it's three? Or what if you give them, they're able to do their work in three hours and they spend most of the rest of the day fucking off and training and not doing shit. There's a lot of this out there. You see a lot of this stuff. People don't mm-hmm. work as hard as you think. And you look at, you look at plenty of bits across the board. The amount of time people spent working in an eight-hour day is embarrassingly low. It's a big issue in the United States. Big issue everywhere, but it's much worse in the U.S. Now, if you give an employee a task and you never hold them accountable to it, they're just going to do what they can get away with because they don't not interested in doing more stuff. If it doesn't give them any real benefit beyond the fact that like they get to be the person doing it. So in the end, anytime you give somebody something, you need to tell them, here's what you need to do. Here's the numbers that we're going to use to make sure that you are. And I'm going to check in with you at this frequency to make sure that it's getting done. And if there's anything that I can do to help you to make sure that these things get done, get done well, or to make you more comfortable with it, You communicate with me, we'll meet regularly. Regular meetings is a big one to hold people's feet to the fire to make sure you can keep checking in on this. It used to frustrate me the most working with a larger team of people because we get in these meetings and we're always kind of catering to the lowest performing of the bunch. When you're ambitious, man, it really sucks having to listen to somebody tell a guy, I need you to try harder. It's like, fuck, man. Like, it sucks, but it's the reality of managing a team. So, that's on the coaching stuff. That's on employee management delegation. If you're not holding them accountable, you don't have a plan. How are you going to get them better? Define it, define it with them and a plan without follow through a plan without course correction, a plan without expectations and measurable outcomes is not a plan. It's a hope. And that's not how fuck you, you can, you've been hoping your business got better this whole fucking time and it hasn't. So you got to actually have a plan. And you either learn this the slow way Mm-hmm. which is you just learn over time or you get a fucking coach yeah. that knows those business metrics and knows how to support you. This you know how I know these thing, things, John? Yeah. Because Tell you me. know this about me. I am a learn the thing the hard way on your own, on an island, smashing your head into it over yep. and over. That is just what I do. I'm stubborn. I think I got it figured out. It's a thing we'll get into soon here. 
but it's a thing that it's very, very, very common for me. I just, I get into it. I have to do, I'll just obsess over the thing and do, and I learned, I have not learned many lessons the easy way. I'll fucking tell you that. So just trust me, save these. You don't need to, you're going to feel every time I get to this, every time I feel real fucking stupid. Every single time. God damn it. I knew better. I knew better. I just knew better. John, we've been doing video coaching for quite a while now on, on some of our videos and demos for ads. And stuff. Yeah. Our performance videos, the watch times, the effectiveness of our videos, the attractiveness of the content we're putting out has probably 10 X since that time. And up until then, John, I had probably 500 hours more than that now of like podcast content in multiple different words. I've been on camera for hundreds of hours speaking in public right. over and over again. And I thought I had a handle on it. And then every single time we make a 60 second video and shit just gets picked apart. Mm-hmm. Like, fuck, I thought I could just get by being charming. And as you get older, you're not good looking enough. Nobody gives a fuck about you. So you can't get by on that either. So you just have to fucking get better at the thing. And I learned every single lesson of this the hard way from ads to copy to, you know, not offering up, low, up upsells in service, not offering higher levels of service, not making good ass, not using your own personal social media, not leveraging personal connections, not hiring somebody when it's time to just hire somebody when you don't know. Those are the things that you do need to just be willing to get. Those are your shortcuts, right? That, that is your shortcut to your development. And by the way, you'll know that. Do you know why you and I finally hired a coach for videos? It's because we're like, okay, I think this is a thing we could get better at. Because it seems like we're just talking into the void. I totally. just don't seem like I'm getting a, a big pull, pullback from it. And so we said, all right, fuck it. Let's go. We, we knew some people. So we came up identified the problem, came up with a path forward, and then we executed that path. And we constantly, now we check in every week, even we have to bump some of our, our, our time that we do it every week. We check in on, all right, we're going to do this then, or we're going to do this when, and now we're going to work on this content here. Just that plan. What do we get? Like a 20% increase in growth in like three weeks. Oh yeah. Overall, just poof, just from sticking to that plan and not even completely sticking to it. And the way we knew who to choose so the confidence, because this is another piece, is the network we have been building. I got a guy that I played ball with in college. He went and played in the NFL for several years, was real successful, and he's done now. And he's doing tons of highfalutin businessy type shit now when you got millions of dollars to play with. And he had an interesting thing that he spoke about at a recent conference, which was he wished that he could do the NFL over again for the only reason for him to fully understand the networking potential that was at his fingertips that he didn't realize until the last couple years in the league. And it's just his understanding. We cannot overestimate and talk about how important it is. The network that you have the potential that's available to you by just having the relationships. Cause that's all networking is, Yeah, is building really strong relationships in your communities directly. So hyper local networking and relationship building all the way to now, because of what the internet allows us to do. Our coach is in the other side of the goddamn country. Mm-hmm. Another business coach that we work with is on the other side of the goddamn world. Yeah. So, understand that if you can grow your network, your ability to, once you can highlight and identify, these are my weak points. This is what I want to get better at. What do I do next? 
your network should yeah. always be able to help you do that next thing. The power of the internet, you know, it really is that way that now there can, you can get in touch with one of the top 10 people in the world at the thing that you're trying to get better at. And by the way, that doesn't mean just hire them to do the thing for you. This is a piece no. that same thing with athletic development, with everything. These are skills you have to improve on. Hunter did a great job of this by saying he had a plan for social media, which was, I'm, it wasn't, I'm going to post two times a day and I'm going to hope that this all works out. It's like, no, I am going to post frequently, but I'm going to post intentionally. I'm going to right. try it then. What are the steps to make sure that happens? He tries to identify his audience. Who are they? Then he needs to learn about copywriting because he realized he couldn't speak to them directly because he didn't know how. He had been doing things differently for a long time. So what did he do? Reading books about writing copy, books about marketing, books about speaking to people on how to sell, all this stuff. Hunter, spent, Hunter basically got a two-year degree in yeah. copywriting in fucking eight weeks, eight, ten weeks. Yeah. Just like, fuck it, I'm going to get as much as I can. And it's not just learning in a book. He got to learn something. He got to put it out there, you know, run his business, run that, run this business concepts through that filter, through the filter of those concepts, then put it out. And every week, the course correction, the accountability, going to meet, I, what is my expectation? I wanted to get better. I wanted to get leads. I wanted to attract people. Go back. All right, this was a dud. Was it, maybe it was timing. Maybe I posted the wrong time of day. Maybe the picture just sucked or maybe I didn't do it, but every single thing is going in and correcting it. And that is a plan because like I said before, if you get better at this thing, it's at your weakness for a year, it's going to, every week you get a little bit better at it in a year. Now it's not your weakness anymore. It might, might, might be the thing you're best at. And by the way, I think Hunter's copywriting and social media now is on par with his coaching. Do you know why? Yeah. Because he gave effort into actually getting better at it. Instead of sitting here going, well, I guess I'll just keep fucking doing it the same way I always have and wonder why nobody comes beating down my fucking door. And that thing is, is that is, I mean, that is the perfect way to like in a, that's the perfect tiny little test, right? For you that you can do is it, what it pick one of those things and learn about that subject. You need to level up your skill at that thing. If it's time management, if it's social media content creation, if you're not into content creation, you don't get to do it. By the way, some of these things you can identify that you don't have the time to do and it's not going to be your thing. So if your business needs to get, a better, get better at this, it may not be you. It may be a check you need to write. Okay, but what if you can't write that check? All right, how are we going to make more money? How do we come? But again, now we're still coming up with a plan. So guys, sit down. I need you to come up with a plan. Go ahead, John. Well, what's really important is that Hunter did the one thing. So he knew over the last eight, nine weeks that he had multiple things that he needed to work on, but mm -hmm. he did not work on all three, four, five things. He put all of his energy and all of his focus on each thing until yeah. he felt like he got it. Yeah. So he paid his us. Services got organized. Exactly. He got a he great offer services done. He learned how to sell. So we went, he, he basically got the offer sheet sorted out, got his services assembled so that he had some big ticket stuff that was going to be easy for him to fulfill, right? So that was the first thing that Hunter did. The next thing that Hunter did after that was then he went over the sales process. He practiced the sales process. I was messaging him all the time. We, you know, this is what we do. The implementation process we give to people when we help them with their big threaded offer system is right. now we, you make sure you schedule meetings with if it's your spouse if it's your other coaches whatever but to go and practice this sales process it's simple this isn't some big whole slimy thing so it's just pretend you're going to buy this stuff i'll walk you through it and then you just do that once a week twice a week for an hour and you're going to get real good at that and well there you go now he's leveled up his potential 
leveled, leveled up his service offerings. He's now good at selling it, or at least as well as, as good as he's going to be without the practice with actual clients. The then what's the next move? All right, I got to get reps putting people in front of me. Exactly. So that's what he did. Why wasn't he getting people? Well, he couldn't pay for ads, but he sure had the time to go in and learn a lot and test. You have your own business, experiment with it. And so we Marketing. did that one thing at a time, one thing at a time. And now he can go, all right, I know how to write some good copy. I got some good products. I have a little money. Hunter running ads. Now, all of a sudden, Hunter starts running ads with all these things he has. He's not, no longer going to be the smallest gym in that town. Not even close. Uh, that, that, that's, that's, that's already, that is a foregone conclusion now that with this trajectory of constant improvement, now that, that those days are numbered unless he chooses it to be so. If he chooses to stay at a small spot, then he can, he absolutely can. But now growth is, his system is getting better. The system is about growing. His plan is everything improves until we find something else that needs to improve. But the whole system begins to continue to move uphill. And that's the thing. This is a piece, what we've done for you here right now, this is if you're in sports, this was called film study here, right. right? We're film studying what Hunter did. We're not going, we're not sitting here. I could, I could tell you how much I like Hunter. I've done it many times, but coming here and saying, Hey, this is, this guy's great. I love seeing him succeed. Yes, that's wonderful. But that's not going to help you as much as actually analyzing what his process was. And that's why I say film study is not about just emulating the things that you see. It's about all right, how do we, how can you apply the things that he learned? How can you apply that stuff? What do you need to learn about? And it's not about ripping off his stuff or ripping off his mm -hmm. content or ripping off his pricing. Everybody has different products. So it really is, what are you going to do? One of the things we talk about a lot with combat sports, and I see it all the time, having worked with athletes from track athletes, endurance athletes, to gymnasts, to strength athletes, to weekend warriors, to weightlifters, to powerlifters, to bodybuilders. I've worked with a lot of people, high school athletes, sports, football players, soccer players, basketball. I work with tons of athletes with a ton of different goals. So all I find is the common thread, which is progress. Right. So progress, the thing we need first is it's a quote from somebody I know I knew before he passed away, Chris Moore, but it was the careful preservation of a forward lean. And that's it. Keep moving forward. That's the thing. You need to continue pushing progress. That's it. Some days you're gonna move faster than others. You know, it's like moving a pile of dirt or a pile of shit. Some days you use a fork or some days you use a dump truck, some days you're using a spoon, but some shit's getting moved every fucking day, right? That's right. important. So you need to constantly be moving that forward. But the other thing that I find a lot with um, a lot of athletes is watching things, watching sports as a fan. If you're trying to get good at that sport is just cancerous to your development. There's nothing I hate more than listening to MMA fighters or boxers like like low level guys who are trying to get better spend their time watching fights and being mad about who won, who's the greatest, who they think won that round. It is the most pointlessly unproductive shit for your own development. It's insane. And what they do is you take what could be a moment of where you're going to watch the best in the world do the thing and you're going to learn what they do well, what gaps you can bridge between your performance and theirs, what drills now you need to do, right? What things do they very specifically do that you like? Now I can plug in some of those gaps. I can fill those in. I can work on these. If it's footwork, if it's stepping left, it's being able to switch stances, if it's head movement, all right, what are you actually going to do other than sit there and just fanboy? Right. Which is, is, you know what I mean? Film study versus being a fanboy or fangirl. Film study, I promise. And that's what you need to do with business. Quit, quit looking around and like liking other businesses out there that do cool stuff. Quit being <laughs> so enthralled by all this other content that you're seeing. If you're not looking at it and going, what can I do? How does this fit? How does this integrate into my system? 
What can I learn from this? That's the way you need to look at these things because the greats out there, they recognize patterns and they do the real basic fundamental work and they constantly improve on that stuff. Kobe Bryant was not walking around here going, oh, geez, I, I really think that Michael Jordan was the best the whole time. No, he was in there fucking ripping off Michael Jordan's moves, drills to the T constantly because he wanted to just be the best. And that didn't mean being the best today. That meant I'm going to do the drills at three in the morning, four in the morning, five in the morning, constantly. And that is what progress is. And you're not going to fucking get it if you're sitting around just going, I really like that guy or I really like this. Their social media looks cool. There's nothing worse for your business, I promise, than you seeing another gym that has cool social media content. Because I promise you, if it's cool to you, it's not as cool to their client, to the potential client. I promise. So you need to strip that lens off. Quit fanboying over shit. Be a professional. Be a professional. And a professional needs to make progress. A professional doesn't live with weaknesses like that. You don't tolerate it. Every time you get better at something, you should eventually find something else that needs to be improved. This is this, this is body dysmorphia of your business, right? I know a lot of really <laughs> jacked people. For me, like yep. if I'm being honest, if I look in the mirror now versus when I was 60 pounds fatter, you know, before I ever got into fitness, now I still go, okay, this needs work. This needs work. This needs work. There's just it's it's the truth. Exactly. And it's not crazy. I like myself and the way that I look now more than I did back then. I absolutely do. Except before, you know what I was looking at? When I look in the mirror and see Virgil fat Tyler. I would look at it and I would go, just not think about it. And that's what you're doing with your business. You go, oh, I, I guess that just is. I, this is what I am. This is what this is. And, and so, yes, I didn't go, man, I sure wish I had a little less fat under this pack and a little less here. I got to tighten this up a little bit. It's, it's minutia. But the fact is, is now I am making progress and I will continue to make progress forever because I identify a few things. I get better at them and I move that needle forward. Yeah, because you have the fundamentals taken care of. Yeah. Like once you know you're checking the box of those fundamentals, then you can start focusing on the minutia. And I think yeah. that that would be one of the biggest takeaways I would want everybody listening outside of having clear action items of what you're about to go do, which is identifying those what start with those three weaknesses, those three things. If you step back and you're honest with yourself of what's going on with your business, like that's important. But the next thing I want to make sure everyone takes away is being able to identify what are the fundamentals that you should be doing as a coach, personal trainer, gym owner, and are you getting distracted by the minutia, by the shiny object syndrome? Because I think that there's too many of us that think the solution to our problems are Facebook ads. Yeah. is social media. And that is why you and I harp so often on the importance of the order in which you do things. The order that Hunter did things is directly correlated to the success he's having now. Mm -hmm. And I think it's so important to avoid that trap that social media, we should post minimum five times a day, Tyler. I heard this. Yeah, yeah, I won't go. I'll tell you what. I will tell you this. I did some work for a company one time, and it was I was supposed to handle one social media account. And I said, "Oh, we we need to manage this other one of ours too." And I said, "Okay, yeah, it seems seems reasonable." I didn't realize that was part of the equation, but I wasn't going to put my foot down for a moment. I was like, "Yeah, yeah okay, okay." And then the pl their plan was not anything in particular. It was just we need you to post up to f about five times a day. 
And I said, I'm definitely not fucking just looking dead in the face. I'm not fucking doing that. This is stupid. <laughs> like, well, you know what I mean? That That's how you know yep. that that's a per, that, that's a person checking boxes. It's a more is better bullshit. It's the, it was out of that thing. It is some of the dumbest social media ideas I've ever heard was out of those same mouths to where you just know like, Oh, you can't be doing any of this on your own. And I don't know that I want to be doing this shit. But yeah, five, if, if anyone's telling you to post five times a day, by, by the way, there's nothing wrong with posting five times a day in one day if you have content that's progressive and engaging and moves from one to the next thing or especially with stories and things like this if you're posting five times every day it's a fucking waste of your effort energy money well, and content because is any of it good is any of it really matter or you just blowing your own fucking horn you better have a lot of the other stuff done you know what I, I was mean? looking through that business's content collection if i was just to burn a post and not create anything new just burn all of the photos the organization had sure. in front of them I was like, okay, well, we're going to be done in uh, 85 days. For the year. You have a plan for, you have a plan for beyond this. Of and you don't have collected. any more content. And so it was, it was, yeah. So, so again, more is not better. Mm-hmm. Don't start posting five times a day. Just do a thing and see how it goes and get good, get better at that thing. You know, post once a day, once every other day is fine. Twice a week is fine. But whatever it is, make it have a fucking purpose instead of mindlessly posting five times a day is a lot less effective than thoughtfully posting with a plan once a week. I promise. Right. So you don't have to do more, but find a way. Guys, we threw a lot of stuff at you, but let's get develop your business. Come up with a plan. It's the same thing we talk about with assessing clients, right? You know, to get a true assessment of where you're at right now, you know, kind of where you want to be. What are what are the holes? What are the first steps? Triage weaknesses what do we need to actually do to fix them because knowing that you know you have problem a b and c doesn't solve problems a b and c throwing money at a b and c doesn't solve those problems either but all right what what now what actions can we take to improve this you know and it may just be effort focus and accountability all right we're going to try and we're going to look into this hard and we're going to check in on it every other week. We're going to look back. And that's what you can do with coaching. You can do it with marketing, you can do it with social media, do it with your sales process. If you're, if you're having sales meetings, depending on the state you live in, put your phone down and record it, have a conversation with a person, but just have it recorded. Don't be weird about it. Uh, if it's legal, I'm not asking to break any laws, but they're depending on the state that you live in, you can record someone without their consent, or you can ask them, say, Hey, for my sake, for me to get good at this, can I, you know, I, I'd like to record our sales conversation just so I can tune up. People, some some may not like it, some may feel it out. But getting a few of those things where you're practicing selling somebody through running through your sales process, hearing your own voice, hearing the, the objections, hearing how the things flow, hearing that it's maybe not as awkward as you think it is, because it usually isn't, if I'm being honest. I promise any sales process you're recording, you think you sound more awkward than you do. And that is a great way to do it. Now you're going to go back and you're going to listen to it. And as a person who's been on podcasts for a lot of fucking hours in my life, (laughs) you're going to get over the fact that you hate listening to yourself talk and you hate the way you think and you hate your voice and you hate the words you choose because eventually then you're going to go, all right, I wish this was a little bit better. Mm -hmm. Guess what? That's how everything goes. So do that. Again, if you don't have data, you don't have something you can look back on, find a way to get it. So effort, focus, accountability, identify weaknesses, run through that stuff. Uh, we help people with the really specifics then on what are the things you can do in between those, what those really need to look like. How do you identify the right stuff? Those are things we all do in the Gear Academy. If you want to get out on the Gear Academy, we still have it rolling until the end of August. You can get into that for 4000 bucks for the year. Um, or if you need to go monthly on this, we can do it for five grand or five grand. <laughs> we can do it for five 500 bucks a month. The price will be going up 
after the end of August, it's going to be going up to five grand for the year or 500 for the month. Uh, but that's kind of the jam. So if you want in on the Gear Academy, you can shoot me a message at Tyler F. and Stone. You can also get into the Facebook group for free. Uh, we have a lot of good conversations starting in there. We have, we're going to be con continuing to offering more. That's going to be the uh, resource for gym owners here we're trying to put together. That is the Gym Owners Revolution. That link's going to be in our description for joining the Facebook group. Uh, you can also message John or me with any questions. John is at jbanksfl. His, uh, his typing works better than his voice today. So, Indeed. Thanks a lot for listening, everybody, and we will see you next week.